right. Good enough for that. Um, that was Honey by Moby. Um, which I think I remember from like an iPod commercial. I remember whenever like all the indie musicians were like, Apple was just like, hey, this uh, fairly unknown of artist, uh, let's put their song in, in like an iPod uh, commercial. And I just heard that. And I was like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, they actually had some pretty decent songs. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. That's not where I actually know that song from. Where uh, I yeah. know that song from is from the cinema masterpiece. <laughs> That is Nicolas Cage in Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of, I think they use multiple like Moby remixes of songs in that. Probably, yeah. Um, that movie had very odd music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back. Was this episode 80, I think? Yeah, I think we're on 80. Yeah, flying right by. Flying through, we've been we've been kind of cranking them out as of late. I feel. Yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't really slowed down at all, which is which is uh, impressive to me. Um, we hopped in pretty hot today. We got a lot to talk about, um, but I think the most important thing that we got to talk about out the gate. Yeah. Mitch, what you drinking? <laughs> oh, all right. I am glad you mentioned that. So, I'm really I'm, thirsty. <laughs> I'm really thirsty. Um, I am drinking. So, I picked this up mostly because the can looks badass. Check that out. Um, that does. This is called Oro de Tantos. Uh, it's a lager from Greenbush Brewing Company. Um, and it has like a little Lucha Libre on the can, which I thought looked super fun. Um, and then also, I found out I had to use Google Translate, but Oro de Tantos means food. Gold, so Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I like it. So we'll see what this is all about. All right, well, while you get that poured out, um, I am not doing anything exciting like I mentioned beforehand, but I wanted something light, something crisp, something good to start my day right. It is at least afternoon this time, so I feel better about it. I just got a Bud Light Seltzer Mango, nice man, good classic, yeah, <laughs> classic, you know mangoes yeah that makes sense i'm glad that i i am kind of glad so we usually record at 11 but i had some chores and stuff to do this morning so we pushed back to noon which is perfect because it is 1205 right now about to take my first sip of the day so now i don't feel I like such may, an alcoholic <laughs> exactly i think we may need to switch it to <laughs> you think <laughs> i think i think it took us 80 episodes but i'm finally like no <laughs> That hour makes a huge difference in my overall mood. Exactly. Anyway, so where were we? Um, So I was drinking my Oro de Tantos. Yeah, how Um, is it? It is really good. Um, It is a lager, so it's only like 4.5% alcohol. Um, But compared to most other lagers I've had, it actually does have some flavor. Um, It is very, like, citrusy and fresh, and you can, it's very wheaty, so that's kind of cool. I make I made sure to pronounce it wheat tea, so you don't think I'm like drinking a uh, weed. <laughs> <laughs> weed. Um, there's a so Devil's Wind Brewery that that bar in Xenia that uh-huh. I, I tend to talk about. They have a a, a lager called uh, the Whitney Wheat. Okay. So I think was a was a riff on Whitney Houston. I think. Oh, I gotcha. I didn't put that together until just now. <laughs> Maybe not. Now that I think about it, I've always been convinced that it had to do with Whitney Houston. Now I'm starting to question that. <laughs> Because it just is Whitney Wheat, so maybe they just like do the alliteration to emphasize how weedy it is. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's a really good... That, that's like a go-to at Devil's Wind, is yeah, what I'm trying okay. to say. Gotcha. Um, but I thought it was a weird... Uh, 
Whitney Houston reference, and I'm starting to <laughs> regret bringing this up at all because I don't think it is. No, that could be. Um, it could be an Eli Whitney uh, reference. Does it have cotton in it? <laughs> does it have gin in it? <laughs> um, it does have the tears of slaves, though. So maybe. Uh, definitely is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That, so it's probably an Eli Whitney thing. Actually, I don't know if Eli Whitney. I'm pretty sure Eli Whitney owned slaves. Uh, most likely, yeah. They all did back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, um, yeah. Well, not a whole lot to say about the Bud Light Mango here. Um, you know what it is. But right. I will say, very good. To me, in the in the war of the seltzers, Bud Light seltzers have started to rank pretty high for me. I agree with you, man. I think they rank supreme. I, I, I go back and forth, and I know I'm like, well, they all taste the same. And I'm like, well, they really don't. And now, but I am at the point now where I do think Bud Light Seltzers have have done have done a lot, so mm-hmm. I do appreciate them more than a lot of other stuff at yeah. this point. I think they have the most realistic like fruit flavor. Um, most of the yeah, most of the seltzers I've had taste like you know how like when you eat a watermelon and you eat a watermelon candy, two completely different things. Exactly. Um, I think Bud Light does a pretty good job of using the actual fruit. So <laughs> no, I, I would agree with that. I think that. Um, it actually has a, as it actually tastes like mango. Yeah. <laughs> so I find that impressive. So, definitely. um, yeah, but definitely nothing earth shattering there. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So with that all being said, Mitch, what are we doing first today? Let's, well, let's get into a lightning round. Okay. Let's do a lightning round. Question number one, um, Christmas was a couple days ago. Um, did you get any cool gifts that you would like to talk about? <laughs> I feel like this is just your way to be like, did somebody that you, I don't <laughs> know, do a podcast with get I wasn't, you anything? <laughs> I wasn't necessarily hinting at that. I meant like, I'm sure you got better gifts than that, but <laughs> if you want to talk about that, but your call. <laughs> Um, it was just funny how you kind of led into it. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> since you bring it up. No, right. so I, I wasn't fishing at all. You just happened to be wearing that shirt and thought of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I do want to talk about it. So, um, I did get some pretty cool gifts. I, you know, definitely it was a smaller Christmas this year just because it's been such a crazy year. So, mm. you know, like me and the old lady didn't go crazy by any means. Um, so, Mitch, I'll start with what Mitch got me. So, Mitch got me a 100% replica, but perfectly <laughs> made replica of the shirt that Dwight Schrute wears during the basketball game in the first season of The Office, which is the World <laughs> Anime Expo uh, with the with the anime girl, and then it says Philadelphia 2002. Um, if you look up that shirt, Mitch got me that shirt. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's very sexual. I pulled it out of the box and I was like, "Ooh, this is this is worse than I thought." <laughs> well, I I don't think and I kind of wanted to go back and look at Dwight's shirt because I don't remember everything being so big, but maybe just because you're yeah. watching it on TV, you don't realize how much of the anime girl is taking up the whole shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so I am like a little bit weirded out to wear it in public because I already look kind of nerdy. And this shirt, man, this this is a this is a fucking pussy killer. Like Absolutely. really. Absolutely. So you know it it's it would be odd, but I I really just want a diehard Office fan to be like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
so I was pretty hype about that. Also, Mitch got me a little desktop boom arm um, for the podcast, which is really sweet of him because I have a shitload of trouble dealing with my <laughs> mic every episode. Anybody who's listened to the podcast consistently, I'm sure hears me just like, poof, poof, like I'm punching my <laughs> mic every now and then randomly. Um which actually, I kind of wanted to talk about. It's kind of interesting that they ran the 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 cable, the XLR cable, all the way through the stand. Yeah, which is a cool and a bad thing. Good thing is it comes with a free cable. Bad thing, if the cable ever goes bad, you're kind of fucked. You're kind of <laughs> fucked because yeah, this is like engineered. I mean, you can find a way around it, and also I don't. I question the quality of this particular cable. Yeah. Right. Um, but, but super cool, super cool. So very convenient. I felt like I'm actually, uh, running a podcast now. I feel very official. Yeah. We've come a long way. Um, so Charlotte got me, um, a ancestry DNA kit oh, for cool. Christmas, um, which is something I've been like super into doing for a long, long time, but I just never wanted, I, I, she, she was like, well, I was a little bit worried because it's not something you can really like open up and mess around with and have fun with or whatever. And I was like, no, honey, like it's super cool because I would have never spent the money on myself to do this. But I really, really have always wanted to do it and had a lot of interest in it because I have some idea of my ancestry, but not a very good one. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, my family on the three or four sides of a family that I have uh, all suck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really have no interest in talking to any of them. Sure. Um, or them passing on their quote unquote knowledge to me. <laughs> um, so I think this will give me some, I, I really think this will give me a lot of closure in my life to be able to be like, okay, now I know, now I know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Now I know predominantly where my ancestors come from. I don't want to get my hopes up that I'm going to see some cool, like, Oh, actually, yeah, this part of your family were like farmers or something. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I don't want to mm-hmm. get my hopes up that it's going to tell me stuff like that, but ancestry.com is a lot better than 23andMe. Yeah. Don't do 23andMe, do ancestry. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I got Erica a 23andMe kit a couple years ago for Christmas, and it was pretty cool, um, but it didn't go into very much depth. It was basically just like, you are, you know, 30% X and 10% Y, and that's all it was. Yeah, so that's well, and twenty three me is really really good for health data too. If you if you aren't mm-hmm. able to do a family medical history, twenty three me is very health. That's where they shine. However, twenty three me is the company that you do not have any control over your data. Mm, okay. However, ancestry dot com you do, and also ancestry dot com you can you can do the kit. You have your DNA res- your your DNA results. And you could take that and do whatever you want with them. Mm-hmm. Because then when you go through Ancestry.com, they're like, you own that. That's yours. Yeah. You're just And also Ancestry.com is a little bit more popular. And I and I think one of the things I've heard about them is that there's a lot of users that even if you don't do the DNA test or whatever, you can go back and try to do a little bit of research on your own. And there are people that I, I've even heard of like people like reaching out to other people like via Ancestry, like, hey, I did some research and it turns out we're related somewhere down the line. Like that definitely doesn't happen with 23andMe. Um, but yeah. since Ancestry has a much larger database, it's possible. Yes, that's and and that's something we talked about is because they have such a high 
you know, user base that really helps things be one more accurate and two, there is actually a feature that like, if you're like, say I do this and I'm predominantly like Scottish, mm-hmm. my theory is that I'm more, the, the only thing I ever was told was that the Miller side of my family was German, British, and Irish. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm curious. I still think I have some Scottish in me. Um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But let's say I take it, and they're like, "You're predominantly from England." So like you you are you are predominantly English. That's your main ancestry. If there is somebody who has also done it, and we are related, and they're like in England, they will match you and let you both like decide if you want to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I would be like, "That's so dope." I'm like, "Dude, all the mil- like all my family over here is terrible." Yeah. <laughs> when can I come visit you? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I, but I don't want to get my hopes up about all that. But I am excited to actually have like scientific data about mm-hmm. my ancestry, and I say, okay dope there it is mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. now i know now i don't have to question it i know where i'm from um because being white is kind of weird like you don't <laughs> really have much of a, a culture or yeah. an identity in it so um i guess it would just be cool to know or it right. could be like andy in the office where it's like his family <laughs> like owns slaves yeah exactly um, um which would i got be a erica bummer. one of those i got erica one of those a couple of years ago and i have to admit a little bit selfishly um because I know she's always kind of had an interest in that, but also like I got really sick of her bringing up the fact that she's Irish, and it was just because you have red hair doesn't make you Irish. <laughs> so she well, she was like, you know, every every St. Patrick's Day, like she goes all out. And she's like, oh, I'm gonna drink some Jameson, and she's really into it. And I mostly just wanted to shut her up. Like I, if I can prove that you're not Irish, I will feel so good. Turns out she is a little Irish, so I was wrong. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I actually looked into that. So basically, yeah, if you have red hair somewhere in your genealogy, <laughs> that is where it comes from. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so I looked into that a little bit. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Erica does look actually pretty Irish. Well, except for how tan she is. She's really tan. It's fake. She tans. Well, oh, damn. You ain't got to put her <laughs> oh, on blast I call like, her out like that. <laughs> you got to put her on blast like that. Calling damn. her out. <laughs> no, she she only tans like like before vacations and stuff, but she does every once in a while. Anyway, uh <laughs> right. I mean, if she was like really Irish, she couldn't tan. Like fake right. tan wouldn't even work. Exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that was kind of that that was like one. Oh, she got me that, and then and bought me two six ways. <laughs> because oh, what wh- what's pa- six way uh, power strips. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you not call them six ways in Indiana, apparently? No, I think we just call them power strips. Oh, okay. Yeah, I call them <laughs> six ways or three ways or, you know, lets me know how many outlets I'm working with. I thought that you were referring to like a skyline thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. Good point. Um, I can see the confusion there. Um, no, but yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So that's what I got. So pretty cool. What about you? Was there anything Dope. that stood out? Yeah, well, first off, you got me this awesome PlayStation mug um, that when you pour hot water in it, it turns, you know, a different color. And it's really cool. I tried it out. Um, it does work. It's got the cool little, like, uh, you know, the square and the triangle logos on it. And then I also got a pretty cool set of coasters, which are right here. I'm actually using one right now. So <laughs> that is pretty dope. There um, you go. 
Yeah, and then also the the other cool thing, like my dad got me a Joey Votto jersey, which is pretty cool of him. So, oh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, good Christmas all around. Like you said, though, it was kind of weird because um, yeah, it was much smaller than normal. We didn't get together with like near as much family as we normally do. Um, but yeah, it was kind of chill and low key, but still good. So yeah, yeah, dope. Yeah, cool. Okay, question number two. Um, the next two are like really like kind of music. They're, they're going to be about music. So, because um, that's what I was feeling today. Um, question number two Is there an artist or a band that reminds you of Charlotte? Uh, that's a good question. I think I, I think the song that I most associate with her is a Bob Dylan song. So if I think about Bob Dylan, I automatically think of her. Mm-hmm. Just what's because, the song? Uh, the Man and Me. Okay. So that that to me is our song. I don't think she's ever agreed with it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, we fight about that a lot. But yeah, I think I think that one. Um, there's a Hosier song that definitely is is I think of her every time. So the, I mean those would probably be the two. Yeah. Why why does it remind you because of the lyrics or like Yeah, I do a weird thing where it's definitely the lyrics, but then cuz I think for me like the Bob Dylan song I think the lyrics I connect with more with her whereas the Hosier song is a little bit more like it's the lyrics kind of, but it's also more of the melody. So mm-hmm. I do have a tendency to associate melodies with people, even if mm-hmm. the lyrical content isn't that related. So sometimes a melody will, will I'll identify with a memory or a person more so than the lyrics, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird, but. No, no, I, I, the, that's the one of the reasons I brought it up because I guess my answer, like I have a few di- different like bands that kind of when I hear it, I think about Erica. Um, <laughs> I was going to say Charlotte, that would have been funny. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but one of the ones would be this guy named Alexi Murdoch. Um, and he did the soundtrack for a movie called Away We Go, um, which has John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph in it. Oh, it's yeah. not an amazing movie, but it's a cute little kind of like indie rom-com kind of thing with John Krasinski in it. And so that was one of the, when we first started like dating, we, I remember like we watched that movie together and it was kind of cute. We were in that romantic stage and, um, <laughs> can the, I, the, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt <laughs> your, your, your story here, but can I do my favorite bit of Away We Go? Yes. <laughs> you, you remember the part where in the car and like there, I, I kind of forget the setup for it, but they set up this thing where it's like John Krasinski's character really wants to hear the baby's heartbeat. But like the only way to kind of do that was to get Maya Rudolph like excited. So like he just decides to yell at her. So he says something and he's just <laughs> oh, like, yeah. oh, really, you fucking bitch? Your uterus <laughs> is a fucking secret. And he grabs his little stethoscope and puts it on her belly. That shit still to this day makes me cry laughing. I forgot about that scene. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's got some really good, like funny parts in it. So. I love that movie. I yeah, I, I guess you're right. Maybe it, it it's a it's a slow indie movie. Mm-hmm. But God, damn, I mean, it's a heavy movie, too. So it's not exactly like an upbeat film i mean mm. it can be but it, it it's got a lot that it, i really like that movie i actually yeah i do too movie. that's also i did i figured you hadn't even heard of it because most people haven't but no it's a good movie crazy. so sorry i just want 
just as soon as you said away we go i just saw john kudrasinski just oh really you fucking bitch (laughs) i the thing i remember most about that movie i think it's the very first scene he the yeah it opens up by he is just like going down on her and he's under the blanket and then he comes up for air and he's like you you taste weird (laughs) and then turns out it's because she's pregnant so that's how you start a movie (laughs) yeah right they did set the bar for this is a this is a film yeah Exactly. Um, but no, the soundtrack from that is actually really good. It's got this kind of like, uh, th- this guy named Alexi Murdoch does most of the songs and the songs are really like acoustic, but he's got such an awesome voice. Um, and now like just because, mostly because of that movie, like whenever I hear him, like it's an artist that we're both really into mostly because of that movie. And um, it just brings yeah. back the good old memories of when I, you know, used to, used to like my wife. Yeah, you were, you were, you were courting. <laughs> You were in court. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no, that's the yeah. Uh, no, I yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah, we should we should we should watch Away We Go sometime together. I'm down. Let's do it. <laughs> have a have a group screening. Yes. Okay. Question number three. Um, what was the first vinyl you ever like either purchased or were given? Uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Nice. I knew that immediately. How'd that come about? Uh, I actually bought it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Whoa! And it was actually a re. It was uh, the print of that one. I think was just they just. It wasn't really like a. It was a modern master, but they basically were like, "We're gonna we're gonna print this on like good solid vinyl." Mm-hmm. Um. So and this was in high school. I mean, it was fucking years ago, a, a lifetime ago. Um. So that's kind of why I bought it because it was dark side vinyl, high quality vinyl. And it was a modern remaster of it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, okay, perfect." And it was like thirty bucks, um, which is yeah. when I look back at it, kind of, I mean, kind of criminal because I could probably go pick that up for five cents at a pawn shop or, <laughs> you know, what have you. But but it was a good quality vinyl, and uh, yeah, that was that was just the one, man. That was the one. I was like, this, you know, at that time the album was important to me. I was just getting into vinyls, and I bought it. And I think I bought it without having a record player to play it on. My mom was like, well, I have a record player. Also, here's an Alice Cooper album. Oh, um, nice. That's awesome. And it's, a, it's an Alice Cooper. God, I don't have that anymore. Fuck, I got to see if she has it. It's an Alice Cooper concept album about a mental ward. Whoa, that's awesome. It's fucking trippy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I used to listen to Dark Side of the Moon and that, that fucking Alice Cooper record. Um, so yeah, no, it just, yeah, I was just like, no, dark side is, you know, cause I was a high school hippie pothead. So obviously mm. I was like, whoa, <laughs> fucking dark side, bro. Right. Of course. I certainly was in the right. Um, <laughs> I'm not afraid to die. So yeah. Yeah. That was the one. What about you? Dope. That's cool. Um, yeah, you actually kind of got me into vinyl. Um, I never really owned any before Wait, we started really? going. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I never. This I is never a part owned. of our friendship I seem to have glossed over. <laughs> really? Yeah, you. Um, no, you had some when we were at CCU. You had a little collection there with you, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I've never really considered getting into vinyl. You know, it was it, it was it was like a right around the kind of like resurgence, like um, you know, around like probably two thousand nine to you know around around two thousand nine. 2010 it really like blew up again um and i guess i was kind of late to the game because that would probably would have been like 2011 or something you had a few and i was like oh that's kind of cool i want to you know and then from there i went to go um there was a there was like a 
music slash like DVD store. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a buybacks. One of those mega, what was it? Buybacks. Buybacks. I think you're right. Yeah, there was a buybacks like on Glenway. Yeah. And they had some vinyl there, and I was like, okay, well. And the, again, this was one of those. Situ- I didn't own a record player, but I was like, oh, the- see if they have anything cool. Um, and I bought a the Clash Rock the Casbah. Um, it was like a single, and I remember that was the first one I bought, and I was super psyched about it. And um, and then I got a record player about a month later, and I actually got to enjoy it. But um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't into it before you kind of opened my world to how cool they are. <laughs> no, that's funny because I I I don't I don't really wouldn't like do it because <laughs> it was cool. But like I I think it was just like I grew up around records because like yeah I didn't <laughs> my my stepdad had my stepdad had the coolest thing ever and I fucking wanted it but it's this big so. They would have these record players that were built into this like entertainment center. Oh yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, you, you've seen these, and this thing was fucking massive. Like, dude, yeah, easily. It looks like a coffee table, and then it like lifts up in the middle, and it's got a little turntable, and then some of the speakers are built into this giant ass coffee table shelf thing. That's basically what it is. But this thing was, <laughs> I promise you, three foot long and about three foot wide. Yeah, fucking yeah. huge. <laughs> and I easily 60 watt speakers mm-hmm. in this thing. Like it was in fucking insane. Um, and he actually kind of like reassembled it and put it together. And uh, I remember that kind of what got me into records is he put on uh, Rare Earth. Do you know that band? I've heard of them. Yeah. So Rare Earth did like get ready, like, you know. Get ready, get ready. I think it was in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Anyways, oh, okay. they have a couple other jams, um, but just Rare Earth, full volume, blasting through these fucking giant, just... Yeah. And I and and that's where I was like, holy shit, I haven't heard music like this. Yeah. And so I, I just started, I had a, just a shitty little you know, uh, built, built in radio record player that I use. And I just started like going out and, you know, once I had dark side and I had that weird Alice Cooper record, then I just started like going to the pawn shop and I bought like the, the, the bad Boston album. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, not the first <laughs> album. And I would just start kind of buying those old cause I, I, and I still do. I have a large affinity for older records mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, like I don't like to listen to, newer bands on vinyl mm-hmm. it's it's not like because i don't i've never had a good vinyl setup so like i've never really listened to my vinyls correctly um but yeah newer bands i don't get excited about but there's something about just playing like fucking an old just fucking like steppenwolf album on like yeah, shitty speakers yeah. on a bad turntable <laughs> and it's just like yeah right. you know it's one just, of the that's one of the reasons I'm really into it too. Like not because it's like, you know, a better medium to listen to because I'll be honest with you, yeah, my, my, my record setup isn't that amazing either. Um, and people are like, Oh, it sounds so warm and the crackles and the pops, like those aren't supposed to be there. That's just because your record scratched, man. So I'm not right. one of those people that like, it sounds better. I just think this, the kind of the story behind them is so cool. Um, like one of the, my favorite things about going record shopping is finding these old kind of like relics from the seventies 
movies and like, oh man, this shit is, you know, this thing has seen some shit. Like, um, yeah, somebody I, rolled I bought, a joint on this, on this record sleeve. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, I actually bought a record one time and I took it home and pulled it out and started listening to it. And it had like those rolling papers inside. I was like, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's super funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing, man. So yeah, just, you know, I'm really into it. And then also like, um, I found out recently that, um, have do you, do you own any like records that like are super old and like have somebody's name on the front of them? Uh, I don't think so, but I definitely have, I have things close to that. I would have to really mm-hmm. go through and look, but I definitely have records that like, somebody like wrote like a shopping list on at one point oh yeah <laughs> like like i had a i ha- i don't remember what record but on one of the the record sleeves somebody started to jot down a fucking grocery list and then like <laughs> cross it out because i think they didn't want to do that that's awesome so that's just something random i have yeah, I I found out recently that they're like because I I I used to like get these records that had like a last name on them and I was like why the fuck would somebody write their name on this this is you know obviously at the time they didn't know it was going to be worth you know what it is but also like people in the seventies used to have like record listening parties where you would just yeah we're gonna come you know come over to my house we'll we'll drink and you know bring some vinyl and and they would you know write their name on the record so they know it was theirs. Um, the, the, uh, the another cool thing I found one time is like I and I can't remember which record it is, but it says like two. It says like two Jenny. Listen to song number four. It reminds me of you. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. This is like a love note that Jenny apparently threw away. <laughs> that Jenny was like, <laughs> fuck this. This song sucks. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I think there's something about vinyl that I think is somewhat un describable which sounds really pretentious but i guess what i mean is like when i listen to like that ahmad jamal album Mm -hmm. i have when i listen to happy moods and i put that on it feels so different when i listen to the vinyl than when i've listened to it like through spotify or something right maybe it's the audio audio quality i don't know what it feels like when i spin the vinyl and i play it I do think that whether the quality's worse or bad, I don't know, but it feels more live. I yeah. feel like I'm hearing it very much. I feel like I'm hearing the room that they were playing in when they when they cut that album. Mm-hmm. And that's something that is, it, it feels timeless. Mm-hmm. To me, one of the reasons I'm into, I, I like listening to records as a medium is that, you know, I, I listen to Spotify all day, every day, like when I'm at work. And of course I enjoy it, but also like the the reason I like records is because it takes some work. You have to care for them. You have to store them. Um, and even when it comes time to play them, you have to kind of almost sit down and force yourself to listen to it because you know, and like, oh, you know, in 20 minutes, I'm going to have to get up and flip the record and, you know, it, it, it uh, and, and you know, you, you can't just, um, you, if you want to listen to records, you kind of have to do nothing but listen to records. If it's, you, I mean, obviously you can run it while it's, you know, in the background while you're working on stuff, but just knowing that in 20 minutes you're going to have to flip the record. So that makes me pay attention a little bit more, um, which I think is awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a new way of listening to music rather than just passively. No, I, I totally agree. Like sometimes if I, you know, listen to an album on Spotify or you're right, I'm just playing through a playlist. Like, you know, I'll be doing other stuff. I'll be working on something or on my phone or playing a game. I'm not going to like 
play Call of Duty and listen to a record. <laughs> exactly. Like that's weird. It just yeah, like you it's have to like, pause the game all the time to to flip it. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Put on yeah, a new one. Yeah, like so. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I I do agree, and that and that is what I tell people is I think when you listen to a vinyl, you should be in almost in a weird way are somewhat forced to actively listen mm-hmm. um, to it. And I think there's a very big difference between actively listening and passively listening. So mm-hmm. that could be what it is right there. When I play a vinyl, I pay attention to it. So yeah. I hear mm-hmm. so much more. Um, whether the quality is really that you know better or worse, I don't know. But I'm definitely hearing more because I'm listening with that active ear. Yeah. So for sure. No, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Well, that is all the lightning round questions I had. So, so let's talk about, there is a, I guess kind of a video game corner, not necessarily a video game that I want to talk to you about, but I want to talk to you about a new console. Oh, I already know where this is going. I figured you would. So let's get into Um, it. I want to do my bit first. So we're going to, we'll do it. We'll do an Eli's video game corner. All right. Eli's video game corner. Outstanding. All right, welcome back to Eli's Video Game Corner, where Eli plays a game uh, that's been out for like five or six years, and he just gets into and really likes it. That game this time is Doom Eternal. Oh, okay. So it's the sequel to the Doom reboot that Bethesda came out with a long time ago, uh, and I, I guess Doom Eternal hasn't been out that long, probably like a couple of years. I don't know. Um, anyways, I start playing Doom Eternal. <laughs> And I played the first Doom reboot, and I liked it, but I I didn't vibe with it. But Doom Eternal, oh my god. They cranked everything up to 11. And it's amazing. So, for Mitch... Give me a little recap of like what Doom is all about. Because it's a whole series, isn't it? It's a movie, too, isn't it? They did... Oh, God, they did. I (laughs) forgot about the movie. They did a... They did a first person... a, A movie where they melded first person with fucking you know normal movie things uh yeah i think the rock was in it i don't remember oh god (laughs) yeah it wasn't great um anyways yeah so doom is basically just uh it was one of the early shooters in the wolfenstein duke nukem era of shooters uh one of the first fps's um but basically you just you run around and shoot demons like that's basically it you run around and shoot fucking demon hordes I have no idea what the lore or anything is in the game. <laughs> and I don't think they particularly care too much either. I mean, it's definitely there for like diehard fans, but uh, they rebooted it a while ago and Bethesda came out with like a Doom reboot. And people really liked it. I mean, it was a it was a really well made game. The graphics were really good. Actually, people used it a lot for benchmarking gaming PCs. Um because of just you know the the flexibility and the control you had on it and it and you could really fucking crank up that game and really have really high graphics on it Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's basically it like every doom game basically just throws you in there's like a little shortcut scene you're in you're running around shooting demons and it is fucking intense but doom eternal the thing i really liked about this one was just like it starts and you're like this guy in a ship and earth's been taken over by demons and 
and you know like you're getting all these stress calls and the guy's gearing up and the and the music is just so fucking metal and so perfect <laughs> just like dude dude and like you're getting your gun and cocking a shotgun and putting on your helmet and it's like dude dude and it fucking kicks in dude and it's just like i'm just shooting demons like fucking yes dude that's badass dude it feels so fun it's, Are you playing this on PC or? I am playing it on PC. Um, <laughs> I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm playing at uh, <laughs> 75 frames. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> on a 60 hertz monitor, so it doesn't mean anything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm playing it on PC. But I really like it on PC because it's so fucking fast. <laughs> yeah, like I'm running around and I'll move so quickly that I'll like bump into a demon. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me yeah and i'll do what i call fat fingering and i'll just panic click a button and it just like <laughs> i'll open a menu and i'm just like yeah uh. but yeah it's fucking dude it's just cool there's like uh i'm not very far i literally played for like an hour this morning before the podcast and there's this there's this demon that's there's this big giant brain with spider legs and it's got a turret on top and it will fucking like <laughs> But it's this big brain with eyes, and it is so fucking terrifying. Yeah, that <laughs> like, sounds insane. It's dude, it's really fun. But you can what I like about Doom Eternal is like you could the way you kill people gives you stuff. So you could do a glory kill, which is like when you stagger them, you'll walk up and do the super cool animation where you're like rip their arm off and shove it in their fucking skull. <laughs> okay. And that will give you health. Or yeah. you could whip out your chainsaw and like just cut them in half, and then you'll get like ammo. And I just love it because it never gets old. <laughs> like yeah. I've just run around like fucking ripping limbs off demons and like <laughs> fucking punching the heads off demons. But I get to I get to do it in a way where depending on what I need, I'll kill a demon a certain way, and that will give me what I need. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, that's fucking so good. That's just so that's super good. Cool. So the one you've been playing is you said it's like a remake of the original one. Yeah. So like if you, you like you know Wolfenstein, right? Yeah. The original uh, Wolfenstein. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right. 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 Like a lot of people grew up with that. So that's how Doom was in the beginning. Now they came out with a Doom Tomb, and eventually they came out with a 3D Doom, Doom Three. Uh, I played that on the 360, um, and Doom Three was very very scary. I remember me. Me, Aaron, and, and James, actually, I remember we sat on my bed. We were like, how old were we? We were like 15, 14. Mm-hmm. Or no, actually, we were probably 13, 14 now that I think about it. And we were like, just, it, it was just just such like a high school bull th- bull, boy thing. Like, we're all sitting there on my bed at the end of my bed with a controller. All the lights are out. We're like walking through these corridors, and there would be like a rare a demon. <laughs> and we just flipped the fuck out. Um, but yeah, then like in 2018 or something, just Bethesda just had the rights to Doom and just rebooted it into like a more modern game. Mm-hmm, um, cool. So just kind of did a reboot for it. So this is the sequel to that. And personally, I'm really into the sequel. Like like I said, I'm only playing like an hour of it, but I really love it. It's super fast. The gameplay is good. I, I just, I'm not sure that punching the head off a demon will ever get old. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> and it just looks amazing. And it actually has a setting that was really funny. You could set it to like original Doom style graphics and everything's just blurry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is really funny to me. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, it's fun. It's like the part of gaming that I enjoy that I don't think we get a lot a, enough of sometimes. It's just fun, man. It's, it's like what Nakey Jakey calls gamer brain. 
Like, it's just, I got a gun, I'm going to shoot a demon in the face and curb stomp his skull. Like, yeah. you know, there's no, you know what I mean? There's no real, like, point or message to the game. Mm-hmm. I'm just running around shooting fucking demons. It feels yeah. great. There's fucking metal in the background, and it's just it's just epic and super fun. So yeah, definitely, man. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you just want to geek out and just have a good time, Doom games for sure are worth. That it. sounds dope. <laughs> but yes, let's talk about. Let's move on to your topic, Mitch. Which I'm pretty confident I have a hundred percent. I know where this is going, but I'm excited to hear. Yeah, I I really wanted to talk about this today because it's not every day that a game changing brand new console. Fuck your Xboxes. Fuck your Playstations. I am here to talk about the KF console. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this YouTuber I follow, Video Game Donkey. He's pretty he's pretty popular, but he he called it the KFC Onsel. <laughs> KFC Onsel. <laughs> which, which really made me laugh. That is amazing. Yes, I'm gonna forever call it that. <laughs> so my issue with this whole thing, so I guess for people go, go explain it to us, Mitch. Bring bring everybody okay. up to speed. So the KF console is a Man, I don't even know where to begin with this one. It is, first off, let's say it is a partnership between a video gaming company called Cooler Master um, and KFC, who, the yes, the chicken company, um, who for whatever reason decided that their next marketing strategy or next great idea should be to capitalize on the you know new Xbox X or whatever coming out, the PlayStation 5. They're like, well, we can get into that. So they have a console that they are making called the KF console. Um, apparently, here's I did a little bit of research because I was, first off, when I, ver- when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird meme. Why would they joke about doing something like that? And then the more I read about it, I was like, oh, they're actually doing it. Oh, so okay. this is real. Because th- <laughs> this is real. That was my next thing. Like, <laughs> wait, is, is, is it real? Because I've assumed this entire time it's not real. I think there's some speculation on the on, on the internet as to whether it's real or not. But, but um, and I guess we'll find out eventually. But as of right now, KFC is totally on board. They're saying this is absolutely real, as is the Cooler Master website, which is the company behind you know, doing the actual legwork of building a console. Um, but uh, yeah, they haven't, it's so new that they haven't really come out with any like, you know, big scheme specs on it. All they're saying right now is it's going to be a, what I'm assuming it's going to be a limited run. Like, cause I, people are saying that they're probably going to go for around $2,000. So oh, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which means that it's, not a lot of people are going to buy this. People, rich people are going to buy this for the joke of it, um, because there's a lot of nerds out there. But uh, <laughs> oh, I won it wholeheartedly. But it actually, it actually sounds kind of cool because w- the only thing that they've said so far is that it's going to be cra- cross-platform. They've said that it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> what, the fuck? what do you mean it's going to be cross-platform? I'm going to play Call of Duty, and instead of the Xbox icon, it's just going to be fucking Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Yes, I'm assuming, yes, I was assuming that that you could play PlayStation, Xbox, all the games on the KF console. I don't know how they're going to accomplish this. This this Um, sounds, (laughs) this, okay, continue, but I think I know where this is heading. They've said that it's going to be 4K, um, 240 FPS, uh, 
with a <laughs> one terabyte with a one terabyte sol- uh, SSD. What? <laughs> this dude. This uh, okay. Please keep going. Okay, and then the final feature I have to talk about is a built-in chicken warmer. Oh my god. So- <laughs> You've gotta be fucking kidding me. Dude, no. th- this is not real. So I think it's real. Like unless I you know, a year from now we're gonna be like, remember when Mitch was so gullible he <laughs> fell for the KF console? <laughs> I just you're shitting me that KFC is like, I tell you what. All right, we're going to make a console. Not only are we going to make a console, guess what? You're going to be able to play any game from any system that you want to play on this. Also, it's going to be in 4K and 240 <laughs> FPS, which I'm pretty sure like that the brand new consoles can't do. And also <laughs> right. a terabyte SSD? Are you shitting yes. me? <laughs> oh, and you put chicken in it, warm it up. It's an air fryer. I'm I'm on their website right now. Yes, the oh um God. yeah. They're um the so the 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 chicken warmer is basically going to be and I'm looking at pictures of it right now. Check this out. It's like a little tray that you pull out and it's got like a little stainless steel like tray and it's and it basically you know the heat of the you know the <laughs> electronics shit, or whatever. You're put your chicken it, on the heat sink for the fucking exactly oh yes. The tray pulls out. You put your chicken in there. Put slide the tray back in. Uh, it warms it up for you. So while you're playing the game, you can also be like, you know, keeping your chicken chicken ready and like, oh, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> which shit. is like, which is a bad idea for many reasons. The <laughs> the most the the one that pops out to me most is like, who eats fried chicken while they're handling like a controller? I that is the most disgusting thing. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than like eating Cheetos while getting Cheeto dust all over your Xbox controller. So why do they <laughs> why do they think that people are gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna eat chicken while I play games? <laughs> Holy Christ, dude. I'm dying. That Man, is so I need funny. to we need to see what happens with this, but for for right now, I am hundred percent convinced that this is actually gonna be gonna happen. <laughs> oh man, I can't even Oh my god. I just like I'm just <sighs> they're like we put in two AMD thread rippers that we've overclocked so you could cook your fucking chicken directly on them. <laughs> There's you know, I their their website looks legit. Apparently they've got a few other companies on board. Um Seagate is making the SSDs, Asus is doing the the, the Doing the PCU part of it. And, Are you yeah, man. shitting me? What? <laughs> what? Yeah, I. <laughs> yeah, go to their website. Go to um, coolermaster.com. <laughs> oh my God, Seagate's just like, oh, you guys need a terabyte SSD. Well, I tell you what, we built one. It's in the shape of a chicken. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, the funniest thing about this. Well, there's many funny things about this. Um, the 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 console itself is like cylindrical, almost in the shape of a KFC bucket. I did. I did see that. No. Well, I wanted to address the terabyte SSD. That's totally a thing. That's not like not a thing. But that's mm-hmm. expensive as shit. Like that's right. not an easy. Like the brand new consoles. I'm pretty sure are not shipping with a terabyte SSD in them. Right. Unless I'm really behind on the specs. But no, that's fucking insane, bro. A terabyte SSD. Like, uh, yeah, that's that's a lot. 
Right. Now, and like looking at, at all the specs that they've uh, advertised it to be able to do so far, that's why they haven't actually announced a price or a release date or anything, but the <laughs> gaming people are like, okay, well, if it has 4K and 240fps, like it's gotta be at least $2,000 because that is so much shit you're putting into this. <laughs> yeah, and it cooks chicken. That and it cannot cooks be real, bro. <laughs> there is no fucking way. <laughs> If any, you know what? If if there's one company that I think could do this and make it real, it would be KFC. I don't know if you've ever seen what they're up to on social media, but they are insane. They did make a sandwich <laughs> where the buns were pieces of chicken. So exactly. in all fairness, you do have a <laughs> point. Their marketing people are, they must be just like 17-year-old kids. They're like, well, this meme's pretty popular. Like, let's uh, let's do this. Um, because, yeah, one of the things there, uh, I don't know if you've, uh, noticed on Twitter they follow eleven people and like they're all named Herb. So like that came out recently. <laughs> <What> <laughs> like, you know how they're they're saying is eleven herbs and spices. Like <laughs> they follow eleven oh, no. people named Herb. <laughs> no, I think what it is is they follow like four of the Spice Girls and then seven people <laughs> named Herb. Oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the only people they follow on Twitter. <laughs> oh man. Dude, I, I, my, the gamer part of my brain is having so much trouble processing this that I just can't even handle it. Like, it, and yeah. you know what I'm mad about? You know what? I, you want to know what really chaps my ass? Yeah, go ahead. Is if this is 100% <laughs> real, I want it. I need it. I know you need it. Yeah. I, I gotta have that. Are you shitting me? This works. <laughs> this fucking is a thing i could put chicken into my gaming console god i hope so <laughs> dude colonel sanders would be shitting a brick right now i know man but it that just goes to show you man like another crazy thing that happened in 2020 is like for some reason the state of the world right now is even these fast food companies ha feel like they have to get on board and be like well the kids are you know doing this they're all into tiktok so we got to get on their level and um in order to be successful we have to adapt to this business model that is you know living in our current age and they just do crazy shit like this now i don't even think that's what's <laughs> happening i i think these guys are doing fucking molly and just like, <laughs> honestly, just like, bro, what if, all right? Like, they're just playing Xbox. Like, just right. Like, bro, what <laughs> if I could put chicken in the Xbox right now and we'd have chicken? <laughs> right. Holy fuck, bro. That's such a good idea. Wait a minute. Hold up. Let's do that. And like, they just, it, and just no one tells them no because it's just like, they're sitting in beanbag chairs on fucking MacBooks, like fucking. Right. <laughs> well, like, what if we like took the heat exhaust, ran it through, and we created an oven <laughs> in the console through the fucking heat exhaust? <laughs> I imagine it was like these gamer guys that came up with the idea, and then they had to sell it to KFC. Like there was a whole pitch meeting where they were like, "Okay, your guys's next thing needs to be because the um." The Doritos Locos Tacos was made by just like a random Taco Bell enthusiast who went to Taco Bell and was like, you know what you guys should do? Make a taco where the 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 where the tortilla of it is a Dorito. And Taco Bell was like, yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that. Had to have been the same thing, right? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Hey, you know, like <laughs> consoles and gaming, you know, like 
millions of dollars of research and development what if we cook kick it right. we cook chicken in that shit how about that right right and then these like 70 year old kfc executives were sitting in a pitch meeting with these like yeah, 20 year old oh, kids I'm, I'm, like oh you okay and how much do you think it'll sell okay okay i see <laughs> yeah oh you sell two thousand dollars I, I don't know what cross-platform means, but you're, you're promising us uh, a good fourth quarter, so we're in. Eight teraflops? Well, that sounds made up, but $2,000, let's, let's sell it, boys. Right. Uh, so that's shit. all about I had so far. There's not a whole lot of info out there, mostly just speculation, but um, God, I hope this happens. Man, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I have I, I can't even process the information that you've given me like just I can't even I'm I, I will keep very informed on the K the KFC Ansel. Um, <laughs> yes, the KFC Ansel. <laughs> now, wait. OK, so I don't I didn't really want to drag this out anymore, but I have to. So here's the reason I think it's fake over everything. They're saying that you could play PlayStation games, Xbox games. Maybe they haven't brought up Nintendo. So, the reason I'm skeptical of that. Well, one, if you say cross-platform, that's not what that means. Because cross-platform is meaning that you could play it with people on other platforms. Uh, If what they're saying, though, if they're alluding to the fact that you could play releases from the major gaming studios, being Xbox or Sony... Um, I mean, they could easily put three pa- third-party games. Like, this was mm-hmm. the thing with the Google Stadia and all that. You could easily get th- third-party games ported over. But if you're talking about exclusive releases like Halo, or you're talking about PS4, like, you're telling me I'm going to be able to play Ghost of Shishima and pop it in a fucking KFC Ansel? Um, <laughs> my main reason that I would question that or consider it to be fake is... Soldier Boy did this. Oh, that's right, he did. Yeah, Soldier Boy came out with a gaming console, and it was completely illegal. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He just like pirate a bunch of like already existing like games and like loaded it up into this like console. Yep, he teamed up yep. with some <laughs> shady Chinese company that made a knocked a uh, uh, like a Xbox knockoff. And said it comes with all this shit, which it like kind of pseudo did, but not really. But yeah, he just mm-hmm. he, he basically pirated all this work. And I can tell you, the number one company that shuts that shit down and will destroy your life is Nintendo. Exactly. And that's where he fucked up. He had pirated Nintendo games, and Nintendo fucking reamed him because yeah. Nintendo does not fuck around with their IPs. They will right. fucking destroy you. And that's where yeah. I'm just like, maybe that's not what they were saying, but I'm just saying if they're even remotely alluding to the fact that you will be able to pop in an Xbox game in there, I'm like, bullshit. Right. No, you will not be able to. They will yeah. not let you the, get away with that legally. What I think is going to happen is they're making all these promises now, and then when the time comes for release, obviously they're not going to be able to get the permission of Nintendo and Microsoft to license these games through their console. So what's probably going to happen is they're going to buy these shitty, unknown of, like, 
gaming companies to release, you know, proprietarily on the KF console, um, the KFC console. Um, <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it reminds me of, like, you sent me that Nakey Jakey video. Like, do you remember when, like, Pizza Hut and Burger King, like, were selling these Burger King and Pizza Hut video games? games? Yeah, yeah. Burger um, King came out with three full-fledged games yeah. that are not great, but I did play yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had the Burger King bumper cars game. <laughs> I played Sneaky. And it was a shitty game. Yeah, it's not great, but they did do this. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, and that's what I'm wondering is that that's, that's what us gamers call shovelware. Okay. So shit, you just shovel onto a console. <laughs> right. So the Wii is really bad about that, but yeah, no shovelware. Um, so I'm just, KFC can do this. But they have to do it right. And I think that... And this is what the Google Stadia ran into. There's no issue getting third-party games onto the platform, but getting those licensed IPs, those licensed titles that people actually want to play, actually want to spend money on, is hard. Because if Mm -hmm. it... Like, okay, so I could play Destiny 2 on Google Stadia? Why? Why would I do that? I have an Xbox right here. Why the fuck? I have a PC. Why would I play this on Google Stadia? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, who exactly. the fuck is this for and that's that's kind of where i'm at with it so if kfc were to do it right they could have something but it's going to be a lot more than just creating the console you got to have the ips to back the console yeah a lot of consoles have failed because there weren't ips for it mm-hmm. and marketing so like the wii u kind of fell victim to this nobody understood what the wii u was everybody just thought it was like the wii 2 but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even understand it. So I'm just, I don't know. They could do it, but I'm real, real skeptical because right now I'm just wondering if we're going to get a fucking Soldier Boy version of this <laughs> and it's just got right. a fucking emulator ROM and it's just like 20,000 20, games. It's like one of those things you see at a flea market. It's like 100,000 games. And it's yeah, just like exactly. every pirated weird ROM from every weird, right. you know. Shitty versions of Pac-Man. Yeah, you're playing yeah. Atari I Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I just, I can't believe that this is going to turn out well. I can, Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, <laughs> God, God love them if they do. And if I got a spare, if I get this $2,000 stimulus check and the KFC Ansel comes out, all right, I'm going to stimulate this economy, son. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, man. God, okay. Sorry, like I said, I didn't want to drag it out, but I had to. I had to bring up Soldier Boy. No, that's all. I'm glad you did because I totally forgot about that. The fire fest of video gaming. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a very good way to put it. So I wanted to talk about a little bit about a uh, YouTube's, you know, multiple channels um, that I have just been going down the rabbit hole lately. Um, This kind of started off as like the reason I got into this weird, you know, genre of what I'm about to talk about is um, so every year, you know, Mark Robert, Rober, um, he does those like uh, he's he's like the engineer that used to work for NASA, but now he just has a really cool like YouTube channel about like how to, you know, smart shit that he's done. Well, he's he's the one that's in charge of, like, he does the Glitter Bomb videos. Have you seen those? Oh, uh, I, I am aware of those. Gotcha. Okay, so he, he has kind of I a cool, fun YouTube. I think they're fake, so I YouTube. don't watch them. 
You think so? I don't know, man. You should watch the full video. It's like 20 minutes, but at the same time, like you get a glimpse of like how smart this guy is and how easily I think he could pull this off. No, no, no. Yeah, sorry. Let me back up. I don't know this particular guy. I just know that that became a YouTube trend was glitter bomb videos. So right. It's, naturally, it's out there being fake. So I don't know about this particular guy. I actually sure, haven't heard of right. this guy. So this guy used to work for NASA, and he's like, I'm going to fucking quit NASA and go work do exactly. YouTube. He's this super smart like electrical, mechanical engineer that used to work for NASA. And basically now he just spends his time making entertaining content that's also like mostly just about like how you can use science. He's a, he's a modern day Bill Nye. I'll say that. Um, wow. He... It's it's actually really cool, um, but he's his one in his most recent glitter bomb video. He mentioned that he was working with um, another YouTuber named Jim Browning to send glitter bombs to uh, like internet scam companies. <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, check <laughs> check out the you know check check out Jim Browning's YouTube channel." And I was like, "Okay, I really want to see that." Um, so I did, and it led me down this weird rabbit hole of. Um, basically scammer revenge videos um that i it's my guilty pleasure the last couple weeks that's like all i've been doing is just and these sometimes these videos are like 40 minutes long of these guys that are just on the phone with like internet scammers kind of fucking with them um and i just want to talk about it mostly because at first i wanted to just talk about how funny they were but the more i watch these videos um one of the reasons i say they're my guilty pleasure i got into it because like it's really interesting to see how these scammers operate operate and how they're able to be so successful in something that you and me would say like why would you fall for like an internet scam where you buy best buy gift cards for somebody like they they're really fucking convincing and they do target like older people that don't necessarily know how the internet works um so i just kind of want to talk about that for a second um so first off, I, I, I sent you, I, I told you I was, I was uh, watching these videos of this guy named Kit Boga, and you said you have seen him. So what is your experience with these style of videos? I don't really know how I got into it, to be honest with you. I, I don't know. Um, damn, I should have prepared more. There is actually a guy, shit, maybe it is Jim Browning. Is Jim Browning like a British guy? Yeah, he's British. Yeah. yeah, so I think Jim Browning was actually my first foray because he would make these really mm-hmm. smart, really funny videos where he would be like a proper English gentleman, like doing actual business emails and and yeah. fucking with these scammers. He he did primarily email, um, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, and that's how I stumbled upon Kit Boga. And this was all like a year and a half ago. Actually, to, if I'm going to be honest, about two years ago. Yeah. So I've been in this rabbit hole for a minute. um but yeah i stumbled upon kit boga and i just started watching his youtube so kit boga will do this thing where he'll get on twitch and basically do do more stuff on the phone but i mean kit boga is a mastermind with this i mean he has a fake desktop that he has set up that he'll let them remote access and he'll mm-hmm. do all these characters. I mean, really what I liked about Kit. He's he's created he's he's also created like a fake um login to like a fake bank that he doesn't actually he bank has, with. So when they go to yeah. log into his computer, they think that he's logging into his actual bank account. Brilliant, man. Like it just goes to show you like if you are like 
IT minded or, you know, anything at all, like you can do about anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this dude has created this, 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 this fake world that he can fuck with all these people with. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he'll, when he, when he's like on the phone with him and he says that he's driving, he'll pull up a driving simulator game yeah. and just drive and be like, you know, and it'll have the sound effects. And really what I liked about Kit Boga was he, he was a good actor. So he can mm-hmm. do these voices and these characters so well, and he'll even do them in costume, like for Twitch, you know, for that <laughs> yeah. entertainment value. But he does it so well that I love it. Like he has an old lady, he has like a young, kind of dumb millennial, he uh, female, and he has like the same version of a male. Um, he'll do mm-hmm. an old guy, like he'll do like a southern guy. Like it's it's just impressive, like that he's that he's really acting his way through all this. Yeah. Right. And that was one of the most impressive parts about him to me is not only is he a like a super wizard when it comes to anything computer related, he's also like a good actor and funny. Um, but also like um, he he does the when he goes on Twitch, he did this one thing in a video I saw where he'll he'll like survey the crowd watching and he'll do like fucking improv. That's in these videos he'll be like okay tell you know he'll have like four you know four topics choose a b c or d should i talk about hot dogs b should i talk about uh my suzuki motorcycle c and then he'll just like bring that up into the conversation supernaturally like yeah that that that's the other thing he's a great improver like it's it's so impressive (laughs) um but yeah and, and and that's what Kit Boga will do. He'll just keep him on the phone, keep him going. He knows the exact scheme, and he could take it that step further because he has all these fake websites that he can use. So these these guys really think they're pulling it over on him, and mm-hmm. it is amazing. So I have a. I I think the the really only actual thing I had to add to this topic was I have first hand on hand experience with this. Oh, do you? So you know how, like, when it comes to part of the scam, and I don't think we need to get into the scams because, like, you just need to go watch these videos yourself to really mm-hmm. see how they do it. Um, because be, because there's multiple scams, but it really results in basically you getting one of those random robocalls. Mm-hmm. It being a person who's saying like, uh, "Oh, your computer lifetime warranty is about to expire. Would you like to renew?" Oh, it costs three hundred dollars. Um, oh, I accidentally sent you three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, here's how we fix that: you go get three thousand dollars in gift cards, and then you know, send me those codes, and then we'll be fine. Um, obviously, bullshit. But for people who mm-hmm. don't understand that these are scam calls, who really don't understand what's happening, it's easy to get caught up in it because they make it sound mm-hmm. very, very serious. Um, and and unfortunately, because a lot of companies have outsourced to foreign call centers sometimes you are expected to talk to a foreign person when you're talking to a call center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the only reason I bring that up. Then being foreign doesn't necessarily matter except for the fact that multi-million dollar companies have outsourced their call centers to right. countries in the Middle East. So um, it works. The reason why it happens so much is it fucking works. So they wouldn't do it if mm-hmm. it didn't work. Right. Well, anyways... Um, when it gets to a part in a scam where it says, go buy us these gift cards, well, typically they don't suggest the place like Rite Aid or CVS, 
but it is a place. So when I've worked for Rite Aid, we had multiple, multiple training sessions, multiple, multiple CBTs. I oh, had wow, multiple, yeah. multiple occurrences about that. of people coming in. Hey, do you have Amazon gift cards? Like, yeah, they're over there. And they're like, um, I need $3,000 in Amazon gift cards. And I'm trained to ask why. Right. Because the companies who sell these gift cards lose all this money and time dealing with people who buy them all, figure out it's a scam, and come back to us like, oh, this was a scam. Like, we can't fucking help you. Mm-hmm. You've already spent the $30,000 and given it away to somebody. You need to contact the police and or Amazon mm-hmm. and figure out if right. there's anything you do. So, I mean, Mitch, I cannot tell you how many people I had come in. I had people trying to buy a car with Amazon gift cards. I had people coming in trying to buy dogs. Um, also, Western Union, that's mm-hmm. scam central. Um, but you know, I, I dealt with that shit. So I cannot tell you how many like older people I had to convince that like, no, like, did you enter a sweep? Uh, did you, did you enter a sweepstake? Like, is that why they're like, yeah. did you actually do anything they're talking about? Like they're giving you a grant. Do you understand what a grant is? Mm-hmm. That's like for research. Are you researching anything? Like, what? Right. No. Like, okay. Why do you want to buy $2,000 in iTunes cards? Like, mm-hmm. are, are, yeah. you know, I, I cannot tell you how many times I went through that. And it would turn into, I had a couple customers who would absolutely, I've, I've gotten in verbal arguments, like yelling fights with people because we have the, we have the responsibility to not complete the transaction. Right. And I would, yeah. and I would tell them like, nope, that sounds like a scam. I'm not doing it for you. And mm-hmm. I yeah. screamed at. You know, it's my money. I should be able to spend it how I want to. You don't know. You don't know. Like, I do know. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to help you. You won't. Like, right. I've. Well, also, the one of the reasons you're trained for that is because, and I experience this in my work uh, a lot, too, is if it does happen to be a scam and the person notifies their bank, their bank will do a chargeback and take the money from Rite Aid. So you are actually financially responsible for that $3,000 or whatever it is. So not only are they trying to help people, they're trying to protect themselves from, you know, losing that on that money. So, which is a thing too. But um, no, I, um, I, and the other, the other thing I wanted to mention is that like watching these videos gives me a little bit more sim- because it's so easy to be like, how could you fall for that? That's so stupid. Um, but watching these videos and like seeing how the scammers work and how they operate and how they talk, like it actually is super fucking convincing. And I have a little bit of respect for how the social engineering goes behind getting someone to, you know, get on your computer, log into your bank account. And, you know, they trust these people, man. It takes a lot of work to do that. Um, Obviously, they're pieces of shit, but, like, I'm just enamored by, like, that is fucking brilliant. Like one of the one of the scams that I did want to talk about that I'll, I'll, I'll just talk a tiny bit about how they work is. Um, so you mentioned the refund scam, which is pretty popular. The other scam is basically a tech support scam. Like, you know, you go visit this website or they send you a virus somehow that makes your computer like lock up. And there's a little banner that says, oh, something happened. You need to call Microsoft tech support. It'll have like a Microsoft logo. It'll have a phone number for a fake tech support company in India or whatever. And then these old people will be like, oh, something happened to my computer. How can you fix it? And then they'll go in and 
they'll do the team viewer or like, you know, desktop where they can share your screen. They'll fix it for you. They'll, they'll basically clear out a virus that never was there. And then by the end of the call, they're like, okay, we fixed your computer. Now you owe us $300. And then they pay $300 and go about their day. The brilliant part about that is, um, these people never know they were scammed. They thought they were paying Microsoft $300 to fix a virus that was never actually there. So they don't tell anybody. Because why would you bring that up in conversation? Oh, I had to call tech support. So it's so successful because it's so low-key. It's so believable um, for these old people that don't really understand how computers work. So um, that is super... That's brilliant, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> as much as I hate the people that do it, that is smart. Well, it's it's <laughs> one of those things of like you know, uh, it, it's a situation if they would use this knowledge for good, what mm-hmm. could they accomplish? Right. But unfortunately, it's fast, easy money, and uh, the thing that, and, and I do, I I really do, am like you know the, I mean, I mean it is shitty. I mean you can't slice it any other ways now. What I have found is interesting is like Kit Boga and a few of the other people who do these, um, every now and then we'll get somebody to open up and actually talk about why yeah. they do it. And that is incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it gets, there, there's a whole nother layer on it because then they'll start talking about like, yeah, why do you, why do you want to take advantage of these old people? And you know, you're, you're scamming people out of money. How do you think this is okay? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. like typically the answer is I don't have any other choice. I don't, there's no other job opportunities where I'm at. This is what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. I, but yeah. I have to, to make money and support my family. And it's just like, well, that's fucked up. Like, you know, and, the, but yeah. it adds a whole nother layer to it because that's the whole thing. It's like, you want to just be like, fuck these people. They're pieces of shit. Sca- you know, get revenge on them. Fuck them. And then you're like, oh, they're just people trying to make ends meet. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. this is, you know, I, I put a lot of blame on the government of these countries for not, like, policing these or controlling these. I mean, I think they try to, but obviously they can't. Um, but I don't know. It, it just, with that element, it's hard. But then there are people who are, like, as soon as they figure out they're being scammed, they're like, fuck you, fuck you. Like, yeah. they get real shitty. And then there's other people who are who will actually talk about it and... It's it's very complex and very interesting and just like absolutely insane. Um, just the the I, I mean, and it's endless, dude. Kit Boga has been doing this forever, mm-hmm. and never. I don't think he ever hits a dry spell, man. Like yeah. that's the thing that blows me away. Is like I'm sure for every hundred people doing at these call centers doing these scams. There's probably a couple people who really regret it and really don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. I really do think the other like 98 to 95 people just want that money. Really don't care. Yeah, they don't right. understand. And I also wonder if they understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an element of it. I've always thought, did they really understand that they're scamming people? Like, do they really think so? Mm-hmm. Or do they not grasp well, that concept entirely? One of the reasons I'm so into these videos right now, because when you watch people like Kit Boga and there's another one that called like Scammer Payback or something like that is they are, I feel like I'm watching like a modern day, like superhero. Like if Tony Stark was an IT guy, you mentioned like using their powers for good. That's exactly what these people are doing. Not only are they fucking with them and wasting their time, but the one guy Scammer Payback has 
like literally been responsible for shutting down entire call centers because what he does is and this is amazing is um when people will you know when the scammer eventually will ask him to download the you know screen sharing app software or whatever so they can go in and see your computer he'll do some sort of weird reverse screen share where he can also see the computer of the scammer so he will go in and download every single file this person has on their computer the funny part is he'll also delete them all um right <laughs> he'll like he he has deleted like hundreds of thousands of files. Um, but then, you know, I watched a couple of videos where at the end of it, after he got off the call, he was looking at the files that were on this person's computer. And he's like, oh, shit, right here is a list of basically every single person that has been scammed by this company. Here's how they're doing it. And then at that point, he'll basically like send it to the police or something and they'll shut that down. Like somebody that... You know, somebody that is like so smart like that and use their powers for good, I think is really fucking awesome to see. He's making change just because he knows how to get around these scams. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, you know, in particular, one of the reasons that I like Kit Boga was Kit Boga never does anything very maliciously. Like, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like that guy, like scammer payback or scammer revenge, like it is, it, it, it should be shut down. It shouldn't be there. Even if these people are trying to make ends meet, this is still fucking like not okay. Um, and it, it's taking advantage of people who are innocent and naive in society. And that I obviously have a problem with. Um, right. but one thing I really enjoy about Kit Boga is Kit Boga's just there to waste your time. He's like, I got all day. Longer I'm on Twitch, more money I make. So he's there for fucking ever, man. And and yeah. wasting their time, waste their that they're not getting money. And they're not actually scamming a real person. And I always had a lot of respect for that. He's like, I will step up and do this. I figured out a way to make a living off of it. And I will hop in here. I don't know, man. I think that's why I respect the scammer payback a little bit more because he does so for the views. Obviously, he's making a living off of this. But also at the end of it, he finds a way to literally make change and shut these companies down by deleting all their files and downloading them back from them. And it's super funny to hear. Like You should watch some of his videos because at the end of the call, he'll, be, he'll just be like, oh, um, go check out your desktop. And then the scammer will be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, go look at your desktop. <laughs> and then the scammer will realize, like, there's nothing on my desktop. And he's like, yeah, that's right. I deleted every single file on your computer. And they're like, oh, no, it's fine. I have it. I don't care. I have it uploaded to the cloud. And he's like, yeah, I also deleted your cloud account. <laughs> and then they just, they lose it. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that's impressive. I guess I haven't really it's checked fucking out that guy. Yeah, I, I would like to check him out because that's impressive. I, but, but also, now here's, here's a little bit of a caveat. I sometimes don't know who to watch and who to follow because, once again, I sometimes feel like it's popular. I feel like it could be faked. I watched one video. It could be faked, Where yeah. this guy said he, like, had cameras set up. Like, he hijacked their security cameras and was like... Yeah, I think that's Jim Browning. Oh, I think it was a Jim Browning video. And I was a little bit like, really? Like, really? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's just where I'm like, I'm not I'm not trying to like call into question their character or whatever. It's just because it's YouTube and so many mm-hmm. trends are faked and 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 mass produced and the algorithm and that that's just where I have to be a little bit skeptical sometimes cuz I'm just like, I mean, for real? Like you were able to do that and also I know what they're yeah. doing is illegal, but is what you're doing incredibly legal? Like mm-hmm. 
what I feel like we're getting a little bit. That's where I kind of was like, I don't, I don't know who to trust. That's why I tend to fall into a Kit Boga camp where I like what he does because it's entertaining and it wastes their time and it's effective. Mm-hmm. Where it's actual like an attack on those call centers is where I start to get a little bit like, I feel like we're maybe <laughs> splitting hairs legally and ethically. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know we're right. We're the ones who are right. Fuck you. I'm gonna destroy all this. Okay. So are we a hundred percent sure about all this? <laughs> right. And I'm sure they could be like, yeah. And here's why. Here's all this. So, but I'm just saying that's where I get a little bit like, all right, let's maybe take a beat here. This is getting a little bit crazy. Yeah, exactly. It is crazy, man. Yeah. So, but it is a very interesting part of YouTube. It's a very interesting subculture, if you will. Uh, but yeah, that was the fun. I think the funniest thing about this whole thing was, yeah, you texted me that text about, yeah, I've been watching these scammer videos. I'm watching like Kit Boga and I was like, holy fuck, bro. Cause Charlotte hates it. She'll walk in. I'm watching really? a Kit Boga video and I'm like 30 minutes in and she's like, and he's in a wig like, oh, sonny. I, <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck are you watching? And I'm like, shut right. up. That's super funny. I did make Erica watch one that was like 25 minutes. And then I was like, oh, that was awesome. And then I went to go put on another one. She was like, no, I'm done, I'm done with that. <laughs> I get it. I get yeah. it. <laughs> no, yeah, she fucking hates him. So it was just so funny. I was like, oh, my God. And I and that's why I, yeah. I like came home to Charlotte. And I was like, guess who watches Kit Boga? Mitch. Guess what we're talking about on the podcast? Kit Boga. Vindication. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. Let's finish this out and let's do some uh bu- 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 what you cranking. All right, sounds good. Um you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead and go first cuz I'm trying to figure out what song I want to talk about. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I um I decided to Let's talk about um, Moby again. Um, I opened it up with Moby, and I would like to talk about more about Mo- You're Moby. You're throwing a lot um, at I- me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Moby it is. Um, Moby actually does have a new album that came out this year, and it's pretty good. Um, I've always been aware of Moby, and honestly, like he kind of like is responsible for getting me into like electronic music in a way because it's electronic music, but it's also like has some like rock and indie influences. Um, so it's kind of digestible for somebody that's not really into electronic music or wants to get into electronic music. Um, and it's super fucking fun, man. Like it's, it, it's a lot to, um, to listen to, but, um, I actually kind of just discovered it because, um, well, I've, yeah, like I've always, I've always known about Moby. He had that song like that was in the iPod commercial, but he also had one that was called "We Are All Made of Stars" that I've just like always loved. Um, but he was actually on a podcast where Pete Holmes interviewed him, and it kind of like reinvigorated my passion for like electronic music. And when I say that, <laughs> oh man, okay, what, yeah. I'm just saying, man, I try to listen to as many different and appreciate as many different genres of music as I can. Wholeheartedly. And one of that is electronic. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my... Electronica is not my favorite, but I'm just saying if there was somebody that uh, from that catalog that I can jam out to just for fun, it's going to be Moby. <laughs> um, I hate Moby. <laughs> is it because and of the... And here's uh, why. Johansson no, thing? <laughs> 
No, I, I, he's he's had his run-ins with uh, sexual, uh, you know, be, just being creepy. I don't know. Is that what you're about to talk about, dude? That he's just fucking pretentious as shit. I just, I look, I, <laughs> nothing against. Like, I, I would never, and, and and truly, I don't know. So I'm not gonna really sit here and and and, and cast judgment upon you. If you want to listen to Moby, just listen to fucking Moby. I'm not gonna do it. I like Dead Mouse. <laughs> Dead Mouse. Um, Ugh, gross. Yeah, and he's annoying as shit. He was everywhere. Why? Mm. Why does he have a remix of a Foo Fighters song? Why did they do that? <laughs> Why, bitch? Tell me. I don't understand. Um. So no, like I said, I just there's something about Moby that I've always fucking hated. I've always hated Moby. Um, but no reason. Definitely listen to Electronica. Listen to EDM wholeheartedly because there's a lot of cool shit in there. Uh, in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fat Boy Slim, the uh, the music video, fucking Christopher Walken. You could go with this, that. or you could go with that. You could. Go oh with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That jam, fucking right on. Let's go. I'd be in a club, you know, fucking raving to that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, wholeheartedly. So I don't. I I'm not shitting on you. I just don't like Moby. All right, that's no, that's, that's fine. You're you're allowed to because no, he definitely is one of those people. Like I don't necessarily like him as a person either. Um, he's you know come under some fire as to how shitty of a person he is. I know he was like way too hard on the paint, um, into drugs, and he's had some creepy moments where he wasn't that cool to women, which uh, I, you know sucks. But at the same time, like he's got some good music. <laughs> right. He's a shitty person, but he's got some good music. All right. <laughs> no, uh, and, and I don't know, and I and I really don't have a full understanding of that. So you know, definitely on the podcast, I never really like to take aim at someone unless I really have seen actual things about them, right? Um, but so with Moby, I don't really know. I just, I just kind of always he he just he's very punchable. Is how I feel about Moby. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, like, yeah. music is like fucking. And it's like, shut up, dude. Shut. Just stop. <laughs> all right, your music's not that cool. All right. <laughs> so I. Yeah, that's cool, man. I I respect him because I feel like he was one of the pioneers of electronic music. Like, kind of before everybody else was doing it. He's one of these like nerdy you know guys that's really into like synthesizer and knows how to use ableton <laughs> so he used that to become oh you know what i think i could make music and i don't really have to do it in like a you know the typical fashion uh, see i find him to be the skrillex of that area like i i, I just think he was <laughs> i thought that was skrillex it, yeah it was skrillex <laughs> skrillex was still around <laughs> no i i think he just he found a way to market it I think he found a sound mm-hmm. that was more accessible, which is not a bad thing. I'm, but like, he, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know why we can't let Moby go. If really what it comes down to is I still hear about fucking Moby. It's 2020. <laughs> and we're all like, Oh dude, fucking Moby. Oh, Moby came out with a new album. Like fucking why well, dude? I mean, I think it's because you mentioned that he was so accessible, and I think that's a good word for it. Because like, I'm not an EDM guy. I could, I fucking hate Skrillex. I, you know, uh, but Moby does it in a way that's like, I don't know, kind of electronic for the non-electronic music fan. Like, it kind of, yeah, it, it's a stepping stone. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, and I get that. I don't think there's really anything bad with that. Like I said, I just don't like Moby. So not to beat a dead horse here, but we'll move on. Um, I'll talk about mine. Also, mine's like not good. Like mine's dumb, right? Like I'm going to say my song and it's not going to be like, oh, so you fucking, because I watched, I finally sat down and watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, I did too. D- did you? When did you watch it? I watched it like a week ago, last weekend. Okay, I just watched it like yesterday. Yeah, nice. Um, fucking awesome. <laughs> I <laughs> knew nothing about this movie going in. Right. Nothing about this movie. We're going to spoil Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. If you haven't seen it, we're going to spoil it real quick because I had yep. no idea it was about the Manson murders. <laughs> I didn't either. Like, and even after I finished the movie, I was like, that's kind of weird. And then I literally had to, like, you know, I was on IMDb, like, okay, what the fuck did I just watch? Oh, shit, it was about the Manson murders. <laughs> it all makes sense Well, now. I put it together, but then I was just like, wait, they killed Sharon Tate? Right, I didn't know that like, either. And I was like, oh, fuck, wait, that was Roman Polanski's house? <laughs> like, why did... Didn't know that? Yeah, why did I never connect those? And um, actually, the, I cried at the end because it was an alternate timeline where they all didn't die and i mm-hmm. dude margot ruby play or, or robbie margot robbie playing Sharon. T- i fell in love with her like it's great not only yeah. do i love margot robbie um i think we all do um <laughs> she i mean really she's a great actress though i mean she really she fucking is, yeah. is a, an amazing actress and then for her to play that character i fell in love with sharon Tate. like i fell in love with that character and i was like oh mm-hmm. she seems really whimsical and just happy to be there and oh i was just into her character so much like i was yeah. into that actress and and they played when she sat down in the movie theater and watched herself in that dean martin movie I was like, oh my God, like I want to watch this Dean Martin movie. Um, yeah. And then to get to the end of the movie where it's basically an alternate timeline where they didn't kill her and then to figure out they stabbed her 29 times while she was pregnant, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this sucks. And I just, and yep. I did. I sat, <laughs> I sat there and cried a little bit because it was just rough. It was, and, and it was, and it was hard too because like I tend to be a person like, when I grew up in the music I listened to and stuff like that, I always had this like kind of affinity for the hippies of that era. And mm-hmm. I think what, what I love about it though, is that it, it, it talked about the Manson murders and the reason I think those are so important, not that we should idolize anybody there because everybody fucking idolizes Charles Manson. Actually, I went back and started to hate Marilyn Manson a little bit because he's like edgy for being like, well, I took Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. I'm like, dude, fuck you, man. Yeah. They stabbed a fucking pregnant exactly. woman 29 times. Fuck you for being edgy. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. Like, yeah. be fucking better. You're not edgy. Like, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of feelings, as you can tell, about all this. <laughs> but it's important because in that era, you see how people had this innocent naivety and and the times were odd and just it it i had a lot of feelings watching this movie and really i fucking hands down to tarantino because i think in a lot of ways this was a tarantino movie but in a lot of ways it wasn't and i was guessing most of the movie because i didn't understand how everybody's plots intertwined because i did and and it was all there from the beginning if you knew a lot about the manson murders you would have been on board 
very early on. Yep, exactly. And I just wasn't. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was visceral for me. Um, but goddamn, Leonardo DiCaprio is such a phenomenal fucking actor. Oh my god, he's so. I good. loved him in this. I mean, Brad Pitt was great, sure, but DiCaprio, mm-hmm. man. He can do a lot, and I was yep. blown away by his ability to... It was so weird, dude. It was like... It, because it's a movie about movies, and mm-hmm. for DiCaprio to go in there and just his his character development over the film, and I, I love that Tarantino put in all the scenes of him acting in that movie as that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and having one scene he didn't do very well, and then one scene he did really, really well, and... It, it, it and then like, but like DiCaprio is like, he's he's playing an actor acting. Yeah, that yeah. seems when he was in his like trailer after the bad scene when he was just like about ready to like kick his own ass. I was like, holy shit! That was this is amazing. So <laughs> good. That was so good. Yeah, that that scene in particular was where I was like, oh my god, Leonardo DiCaprio is so good because it felt so real. It really felt like him confronting all the negative aspects about himself and he took all that and used it and did a really good scene. Right. And Mm -hmm. the level of fucking complication there is so extreme to me. I That's where I really appreciate acting. It's like, because every now and then I'm like, I gotta act. I could do it, right? With enough time and preparation, I could do it. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Hell fucking no, I couldn't do that. That's insane. That's so deep. And on a, ne- a next level, I you know, it, it blew me away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I listen to a lot of like uh, the uh, podcast by like Pete Holmes, and he interviews actors a lot. And one of the questions he likes to interview, like one one of the questions he likes to ask actors, is like, how do you get yourself in the mind frame? to like have a scene where you cry. How do you make yourself cry? That's one of the hardest things to do in acting. And um, a lot of the actors will come on and say like, oh yeah, if you just, you know, it's a common acting thing if you remind yourself of like a sad time in your life. But like he's had some actors on before and like, I wish I could remember who it was. But somebody was on there one time and he was just like, no, I don't have to remind myself of a time I was sad in my own life because at this point I am my character. And if, you know, if my dog died, obviously I would cry. So I just think about how much it fucking sucks for this character's dog to die. And that makes me cry. And I was like, that is the mark of a fucking brilliant actor. Yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, as an actor, you have to play with your emotions so much on the surface level, be able to access what you can. That is like that's yeah. that's kind of intense, man. Because definitely normal people bottle shit away, for sure. Right. Um, but when mm-hmm. it comes down to it, oh my god, this movie had a great soundtrack. Yeah. So what were you going to talk about from the soundtrack? Because I kind of don't remember the awesome songs. The one I wanted to throw you on because the, to put on the playlist, just because I hadn't listened to it in a minute, was uh, a song by Deep Purple called "Hush." Okay. Fucking great Deep Purple song. Um, and it was just one that I hadn't heard in a long time, but I mean, yeah, it had, um, some songs by Paul, v- Paul Revere and the Raiders, which I kind of forgot that I was kind of mm-hmm. into at one point, um, cause they're not very cool. Um, but I mean, it has <laughs> like fucking, um, it's got like, uh, it, oh, it's got rambling gambling man by Bob Seger. Oh, it and does. And it did a real yeah. cool use of that. And I was like, oh shit, I ain't heard that song in a minute. So <laughs> Really just a good song, song like, good, basic soundtrack. Very interesting. Um, 
I, I, I fucking love that movie. It was, it was an interesting journey. Um, but man, did I love it. Uh, so yeah. Uh, but just for whatever reason, that deep purple song, it's a great song. Um, it's mm-hmm. used in quite a few movies. I think even it, it was used in Lords of Dogtown. Um, it's it's just a good song, man. I love that Deep Purple song. Also, we don't talk about Deep Purple enough, so. True, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish you would have been like, man, I fucking hate Deep Purple. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate Deep Purple. Um, I haven't listened enough of their stuff to really make a make a comment, so <laughs> I'll I'll have to do that more. <laughs> All right. Anyways, we'll we'll end this out. We will see you guys next week or next time. I don't know. Who knows. We'll get back around to you eventually. Eventually. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'll do the Home Alone thing because it's like Christmas. Like we're just on the tail end of Christmas here. Sure. Stay fresh, you filthy cheese bags. (laughs) 